0: Would you still do something if you didn't feel like you were being judged by the outside or your peers? Or would you still do something if your group of peers for sure supported you? If you take away all that noise, would you still go after X, Y, and Z?
1: Hi, we are Colleen. And Colleen. And we have made it our mission to spread kindness and make everyone feel like they belong. So each week we will share real life stories, motivating insights, and helpful tips that
2: will inspire you to live a kinder, happier life, we believe that together we can make the world a much better place. Are you in? I'm in. Let's do this. Welcome to the You Fit Here podcast. Hi, everybody. Oh, hey guys. Hi. <laughs> Just waiting for you, CS. Yes. Uh, I am CB, and
1: and I'm CS.
2: And welcome to another episode of You Fit Here. Today, we are so excited to welcome our new friend, Jim, to the podcast. I, as some of you know, am a dancer, a dance teacher. I'm not like a professional dancer, trust me. Um, But I still have some moves in my belt, under my belt. Um, But I first spotted Jim on So You Think You Can Dance a few years ago. And his story on the show just grabbed our hearts and like, oh, hugged them so hard, so we reached out and he totally embraced our company and our message and has just been a total rockstar star, spreading love and kindness on his platform. And we had to get him on here. So welcome, Jim.
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
2: We <laughs> are so thankful to you for joining us.
1: I have to start by just saying one thing because everybody is gonna to need to go and dig deep into your Instagram feed. A, because it is aesthetically beautiful. B, because- of the things you can oh, do thanks. with your legs and you're so talented. But there's a poster, I believe, where you are living that we are obsessed with that says all love needs is you. And yes. I, I mean
0: it's I, so funny. I, I've gotten so many messages um about that poster. Um I I it's funny, I had just posted because we were all in our living rooms, I guess, quarantined, and I didn't even realize what my background Poster situation was and yeah, it's funny. A lot of people have commented on that. So
2: <laughs> it was like, uh "Can we put that on a shirt ASAP?" Because that is amazing.
0: <laughs> it, it it really yeah. it kind <laughs> of embodies.
1: I think your presence on on Instagram and social media because you have a lot of followers and you are using your platform to better the world and to make it more beautiful with the, your ex- dance. Obviously, um, I mean. You're unbelievable. You were are famous for dancing. So there's that. But we're just so happy to have you here today. Aww.
2: A little bit superhuman. So let's Aww, start at the beginning. You were born with an open cleft lip and palate. Okay. You were adopted when you were six months old. And your family has always supported your aspirations in life from what we have read. So tell us about your childhood.
0: Yeah. Um, my older sister at the time was dancing. Um, I just, it's kind of that same old story of the younger sibling wants to be like the older sibling, um, copying her routine, wanting to be just like her. And I think my parents saw something in me, you know, at two and a half, like, oh, wow, like not a lot of kids can move like that or listen to music and have that rhythm. So they decided to put me in, um, creative moving classes, I guess you can call them in a local. School school, a local studio. And they would just ask me every year, like, would I want to go back? Do I want to go back? And I loved it. And um, when I was 11, I knew I wanted to take it a little bit more seriously. I kind of was like, I want to be a professional dancer. Like I knew at that time already, um, didn't know what kind of dance, Broadway tap dancer, I love tapping, actually. Um, and so I went to a ballet school the official school of the Rochester City Ballet called the Draper Center and it opened my eyes to this whole new world of ballet. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know that you could dance the live orchestra. I got to um, be Fritz in the Nutcracker which was like a, such a big role for me at that age and we had uh, dancers, professional dancers from American Ballet Theater that would always come in and guest. So it kind of just took my breath away and. From there, I just was like, I'm going to be a ballet dancer.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh! If we could all get our acts together at age 11, (laughs) I'm telling you what.
2: Uh, Yeah, and just know what we're going to do and do it.
0: It's funny people always ask me, "Oh, did you do other sports or what other hobbies did you do?" And I was like, I'm kind of embarrassed, but I was like, I like I like to sing. I'm not a singer, and I like to do art and draw, but I never dabbled in other sports. I just always loved just moving and dancing. And I think all my teachers saw that too. So they weren't like, oh, maybe you should try to get them into like soccer and football as well. Like, so I never, um, I never had those other experiences.
2: (laughs)
1: Well, the time commitment though was probably didn't really offer you the time to do anything else.
0: Yes, I think when I went to my ballet school, especially around like 13, it kind of, I think that was, that was maybe five days a week. Uh, I, yeah, definitely like school activities and football games, all that, all those social engagements is kind of, um, but, but also going back, I really connected with kids in my dance studio, having like such a similar passion that I didn't connect with kids. As much in high school. So that's why it was also totally fine. I felt like I wasn't missing out on like the the pep rallies and things like that. I just wanted to be hanging out with my dance buddies.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Where you were happiest. That's amazing. Uh,
0: Yeah.
2: Having that community that shares in any form of like creativity, I guess all sports would say this. I'm biased because I'm creative and CS is creative also. And I just feel like the expression of emotion in dance is such a powerful thing that when you have a group of people that you are sharing those moments of emotion with each other, it's like you're bonded for life. For They're life. Your family. Oh. Yes. I love I that. Love when that. you were growing up and you had that, those people, those connections, were you one of the few boys in class or were there a lot of boys where you yes. were?
0: I was one of the few boys, we didn't have a huge boys men's program. I think that actually looking back it was good for me. I am a very competitive with myself person and I think if I went to another conservatory or ballet school that was a heavily boys program, I think I would have compared myself and got really defeated so it was nice that i kind of had some more individual attention and i had um a ballet master uh, um, a male who i did privates with and helped me with my classical variations helped me prep for competition so it wasn't just women teachers but um yes i was one of the very few there was maybe like four of us boys
2: i love that you look at that as a positive like that that was the individual attention you needed and I think that's so great because as a dance teacher i have like a couple boys here and there and they normally come in for like hip-hop classes because they have this energy and they're excited Uh and and i feel like parents think like oh yeah they can do hip-hop but i'm not gonna like throw them in ballet right away because there's these other sports and i'm like they are so talented and so good why are you wasting their time with soccer like (laughs) don't
1: understand <laughs> amen. amen on the soccer just kidding.
0: I actually I actually I actually just came from a dance convention where I teach and there's one little boy I knew his I knew his favorite was hip-hop and he was really talented in hip-hop but also he was doing really well in my ballet class and he was the only boy so I made him come out in the middle of the room and I was like girls I want you to really support him when I was younger I didn't have a lot of voice in my class and also the fact that you stuck around to take my class and you're trying so hard and you're so talented and good. I want this to be a lesson and I want to like highlight you right now and I want you to feel the energy of the room to feel all this love to show like how incredible you are. And I hope that it didn't just embarrass him. I hope that he'll look back and be like, oh, I remember that that time that ballet teacher like pulled me out, but I try to do those little acts of, um, of you know, things that make boys encourage them, like you were saying, because they're, they're like, oh, ballet, no, or, you know, it, it's too, like, maybe girly, and so I'm not going to do it, or I'm going to leave ballet class and just go to my hip-hop classes, but if they feel like they're welcomed and supported and loved and the energy is good, then I think that they'll find out they're also talented and stay. <laughs> yes,
1: that's the hope. Man. I mean, CB is obsessed with all the damn shows. And when I go there, I am in tears. Like I, I'm just, it's, it is so moving and beautiful. And you have videos all over your Instagram that you just allow people to see for free. And it's amazing to me. I mean, my girls could watch, we watched last night instead of TikTok, appropriate TikTok. We just did that. And it was there in complete awe of you. And that's, I mean, that's so cool. You're you're such a role model. Oh, thanks.
2: <laughs> I know I love that. I just saw a book that came out by the American Ballet Theater called Boys Dance. And yes. I yes. was like, Yes, we need that representation where it's okay to dance. Like you don't need to listen and look at society and see what little representation there is in something if you love it and feel passionate about it. And in my college, the whole theater department had to take dance classes and ballet classes to get, you know, their credits and whatnot. And so many of these actors found so much love and enjoyment in these dance classes that they just continued on and on and on. But they wouldn't have even known unless, well, they were forced (laughs) for their credits. But then it like awoke this passion. And you see the random guy at like a wedding who just, dances the whole night and you just feel their joy and it's like how do we bring that out in these kids and adults to just express themselves and have fun and enjoy this thing and not let the lack of representation stop
0: them yes totally agree i I actually was having a conversation with my boyfriend a while back and he was like he's actually a really good singer and he was like, "I wish I had the guts to just like do the musical." He's like, "I really think I would have enjoyed it." And he's like, "I wouldn't have done like like crazy heavily dancing roles, but the acting and the more singing types of roles." And it breaks my heart when you when you hear something like that. But then when you see younger boys and they tell you something like that, um, "Oh, I I really love that," but that's not really cool, or I got made fun of, so I, we had to stop. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh no." Actually,
1: I go through that with my second oldest, Danny. He is um, real. I mean, he's got moves and I think he should be in the theater department at school. And he he's just he's edging toward it. And he has mentioned like, you know, the drama teacher sought me out or whatever. And I'm just kind of waiting for I'm just waiting. I guess I don't really know what I'm waiting for, but. (laughs) I love that he's even just bringing it home and talking about it because he would yes. he would be amazing. He really yeah. would. And um, I mean, I'm obviously all for it. I yeah. Broadway is life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
1: But um I mean, yeah. So you know about that book that CB mentioned? Yes. It looks so sweet. I
0: saw um I mean I'm a big fan of a bunch of them, so yeah, like Kelvin Royale and James Whiteside. So I had seen them posting about it and I was so proud of them and all the work and all the, and with all the collaborations of all those people that helped to bring that project and that book together, it was really um, beneficial, especially at this time and just in general, like you guys are saying, the representation.
2: I think the shows like, So You Think You Can Dance, show that not only the physical specimen that it takes to do what, you guys are doing. Like the superhuman flying across a stage, like it takes your breath away just physically. And then it shows this whole other side to everyone and their backstories and all of this stuff. And I think shows like that are just so important for people to look at and be like, oh my gosh, like this is not a stereotype of what I thought it was. This is like an athlete beyond athletic ability. And acting and emotion and all of these things. And I just can't get enough of those shows. I think they're just brilliant and singing all the other shows. I think it just gives such representation to people instead of what you might've grown up thinking a dancer was. Definitely. Most definitely. Oh my gosh. So tell us about your professional ballet career.
0: So uh, when I was 18, I actually went to an international ballet competition and I had won the gold medal at the, at, the, at the finals. And I was talking to someone who was on the board that, of judging saying, hey, uh, I really would like you to submit and send your stuff to Houston Ballet. And this was back when I, not back, but we still had answering machines and I submitted a VHS and I, I had told him, I was like, I actually sent my material over to you before I came to this competition. And I had a good friend from my ballet school, actually one of the boys, was actually with Houston Ballet already, who was an apprentice in the Court of Ballet, and they've had a great reputation. And so I went and it was kind of late, it was like May and I auditioned and I had luckily got a Court of Ballet contract um, and it kind of just all fell into place and everything still was really new again. I felt really young. I mean, I really was, I had just turned 18. And I was like, I'm just gonna do my best. I love it. And if it does, if this company doesn't work out, because every company is really different, you know, and it's what works for you. I would say I'll audition another place or but I had stuck it out for eight years. Uh I had a little bit of a hiccup. Um, I was kind of injured off and on with um a foot injury, ankle, and I just needed um a mental break. <laughs> Uh, it was a lot for me. And I kind of had this moment in life where I said, even if I'm not able to dance, I want to at least be able to be athletic and run with my kids and hike. Because I could barely, I couldn't even walk on my foot. And I had surgery and then I re-injured it because I came back too soon. So it was a lot. And I said, I'm going to take a break, go back and train in Rochester. I'm going to audition in the fall. and. And in the winter time. And during that summer, so you think was happening. So you think you can dance. And there's always like um like a a rumor that it might be the last season. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I have to do it. It's something that I've always been wanting to do. I was I've been a fan of the show, obviously. And um, I'm not gonna have to be doing crazy ballet things. Um, so let me just like go to the last audition I can get to in LA, stood there at five in the morning. Um, yeah, and then I did the show, it took me on the tour, and then I was like, that's what I needed to um, get re-inspired to audition again. I really miss the ballet world, so then I reached out to Edward Liang, who is now the director of Ballet Met in Columbus, Ohio, and I said, I'm trying to get back into the ballet world. I would love to audition, um, so then I went into class and got a job and joined 2017 and be my fourth. Season now, (laughs) so that's my career in like a minute. (laughs) That's amazing.
2: amazing. My professional career. (laughs) You're like twelve or thirteen. Some of your career in one minute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I'm I'm curious because I know that you're you're not in Columbus right now. What Mm -hmm. what did COVID do to your your life and your world? Yes.
0: Yeah, that's such a loaded question. I. I think in the initially we had stopped working in March and we thought we were gonna be coming back for the last program. So we were still hopeful. We were like, "Oh, it's a little bit of a break." And I kind of, I kind of actually, it's at that point. If I'm being honest, I was like, "Oh, okay, like a little mental break, a little physical break for my body. We'll come back in a month and a half. Great, I'll be rejuvenated." And then it got pushed back more. And in my head, I was like, Oh, this is going to be longer. And we weren't supposed to start back until like October. And then it got pushed till January. But in the meantime, like many dancers that you see on social media and whatnot, I was kind of like, what am I going to do? I just, I'm sitting here and I always think of the younger generation and the kids that I teach. And so I, offered you know virtual privates um and all like if you wanted to donate you could and that would go towards my ballet company and started to come up with more projects with friends and collaborate and try to keep more importantly for myself and my sanity busy Mm -hmm. and then when i knew kind of how it was going to play out. And when we were gonna start, then I kind of created a schedule for myself of how to then get back into shape. So then when we do start, so everything has been strategic for me, but it has been day by day and a lot of flexibility in terms of changing things up and um, making sure that I take time for myself, (laughs) if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, the discipline, like the discipline required, I, it's, we talk a lot about discipline and commitment and I've noticed, um, just in your life that you, you just never, you never give up. And I guess that came at an early age for you since you knew Mm -hmm. dance was, was the love of your life at a very early age. But wow. I mean, like what, what do you have to say about that? I mean, commitment and being like you know, on top of yourself, you're, you're your own boss, but it's also like to benefit your body. And it's just so much. Yes,
0: I know. I think in the beginning too, I was again, like I thought we would be doing our last program. So I was making sure I did like ballet in my house every day. And then like you said, the commitment, but then when I knew how much longer it was going to be, I was like, I don't want to get burnt out because also the daily grind of being by myself in a house, just doing ballet bar isn't the same thing as going into a facility and doing it around people and feeling that energy. So I didn't want to, by the time we started, almost not be resentful, but just be like burnt out from just doing a daily grind during quarantine. Um, so taking those little bit, of breaks, but also making sure, I don't know. Yeah, it's still, it's still like interesting. Like I, I'm doing right now, in my schedule three times a week in a ballet studio. So that's really great. Should I be doing five days a week? Yes, but as of right now, for me personally, I'm like, okay, let's start small and then build um, so that I don't get too overwhelmed and then decide to just like take two weeks off, you know? Um, but yeah, and that's a hard thing too. Again, when I was thinking about those kids, like you were saying dedication, it's like I was actually inspired watching all these kids and their parents create these floors and these bars and these spaces and they wanted to take class. And you could just see, like you were talking about before the community, we were all a bit in a crisis and everyone was trying to pull through for not just ourselves and dancers in general, but for the next generation and those little kids. Because if I was 10, I would be a basket case trying to figure out how am I gonna improve in the next six months in my bedroom. <laughs> so yeah. There's I totally so agree. There.
2: It's just so important to keep that stuff going whether it's dance or anything. Any sports or just
0: communication,
2: community with people at this time.
0: Definitely. Oh
2: yeah. my gosh. So you have these young kids. I also love how you pivoted. You were able to like see what's happening. Okay, this is not happening anymore. Now I'm gonna pivot, do virtual, do these things and make adjustments along the way. I think that's such a good takeaway for people to point out that kind of unrelated, but I'm homeschooling my kids this year because of school is so crazy. And some days I'm like, I gotta pivot because it's not working today. We gotta change our way and then I teach my kids like, do you know what a pivot turn is And I'm like, uh, Colleen, you got to write your <laughs> own pivoting in life because I'm just, you know, anyway, good point. Pivot. Yes. Don't be afraid to pivot. Um, but you were talking about these kids and they look up to you as a role model. Did you have those role models growing up or did you kind of become your own role model?
0: Oh, both. I think I had some really great mentors along the way. My parents were the least stage parents, you know, they were, they had to be told by my teachers like what to kind of do and my mom was you know kind of on top of it but she never was asking me did i stretch or did i go through my routine and that was good for me because i i I was so hard on myself as it is when i was younger that if i I had any of that in my house i think i would have kind of it would have been a different situation um but yeah i have had some really great mentors and but more importantly, actually, for me, I think it was older dancers or senior dancers, we like to call them, that were kind of always um, looking out for me that I also looked up to, whether it was in the ballet company, whether it was in like the, the school, that always helped guide me. Um, and I think that's really important as well, because you always respect the, the older group, the senior dancers, the, the principals, the soloist when you're an apprentice or something. So not only being friends with some of them, but also have having them guide you through a crazy, I mean, company life and ballet world and dance in general, that industry, it's, it's a lot to handle. You are in a studio or in a ballet facility, you feel ready, and then it's kind of like, a luck, and you just have to learn things that, you know, You, I was ready in terms of the work ethic and what I was gonna be thrown technically and dance-wise, but there's just a lot of things and variables to that whole world um, that you just need someone to kind of grasp onto you and be like, hey, let me help you and guide you. And then for me, I feel that's passed down in my responsibility when I see a 17-year-old apprentice come into the company, I'm 30 now, when I see things kind of going wrong to say, hey, like I once had this company, sir, say this to me and I wanna just make sure you're okay or guide you or let you know that X, Y, and Z things are happening. And um, just to make sure you nurture the next generation because it's important to like hand down, you know, things like that. I
2: love how you phrase that, nurture the next generation. And it is so important because there's so many people in that position who don't nurture the next generation. It's like, they haze the younger kids or they you know, make fun of them or they're not good at, as good as them. And if you have that to look up to, it's not gonna inspire you to like pursue and persist and continue. But if you have someone who's gonna take you under their wing and be like, yes, we need this to keep going for the love of dance, for the love of yes. everything. And oh, cool. uh, it's, that's beautiful.
0: I think the younger dancers as I'm, cause it's funny when you feel like you are always like the baby in the company, because when I was at with Houston Ballet, it was about 60 dancers. And then we had a second company, which was like 24. So it was, it's a big company. And then you become in the middle age and you feel no longer young. And then you're in your 30s. And then you definitely feel like more senior. But I'm always inspired by the dancers that are, say, higher ranking than me, but also Really inspired by those younger dancers so much more. I think you can take, I think the older dancers can take a lot from those younger dancers. The way that they just go in after things and go for things and they're just fearless and they have um, they're not jaded yet. It's kind of refreshing. And when you're around that energy, it makes you kind of pull up as well. Um, so I've always been inspired by like those, I always try to kind of be around that energy. It's kind of nice. <laughs>
2: I love that. I have moments when I'm teaching to my like high school students and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm being judged right now by these (laughs) high schoolers because I'm old now. And like, do they even think I'm cool or I know what I'm doing? And they know all these moves now that I was never taught. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're making me step up my game to be their teacher because I'm the old lady now. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) I did want to comment on your mom not being like the -the over-the-top dance mom. I heard this thing that said when parents are too invested in the child's passion or outcome of something, it so quickly makes that child pull back from it eventually in life because they're doing it to please their parent, not just for the love of it for themselves. and. I actually thanked my mom for being one of those semi uninvolved dance moms. Like she cared, but she wasn't all up in my business. She was like, what time do you need a ride basically? And I'm so grateful for that because I wasn't dancing to make her happy. I was dancing because I loved it and probably making her more mad that her money was being spent so tremendously. <laughs> danced, yes. you know? So props to your mom for mm-hmm. taking a step back and letting you fulfill your passions and not fulfill her passion for you.
0: Yes. I remember she would always say, because we did local, before I went to my ballet school, we would do those local dance competitions that came through town. And she would always say the moment that you get upset um, because you didn't win or your attitude becomes bad because you don't win, we're done. And it always made me, that always stuck in the back of my head actually. And how um, jealousy is it works against you i think um in all aspects so that's couldn't
1: be more true i it love couldn't, that. it couldn't no it mis- when mistakes become lessons that's when we we grow into who we can be i wrote that in my my niece is on our senior retreat and i wrote that as like one of my little life lessons just because i think i'm working on that with my 9 year old he gets so disappointed oh. and you know just the the sunny side of the street of and when you lose, then what do you want to do? You you want to win next time. So it should be a driver and a motivator. And I feel like, of course, I mean, you talk about perseverance in some of your posts and obviously with, with as successful as you yeah. are, that is something embedded in you. And that is just so admirable. And I just feel like we all need to be, no matter what we're doing in life, dancing or mm-hmm. typing or any yeah. whatever, just that perseverance is such a key piece.
0: Yes.
2: No, I totally agree. It's It's like that combination of perseverance and passion and action, you know, it's like all of it together is just magic.
0: Of course. No, I totally agree.
2: Yeah. So we talk a lot about differences which, you know, we have our Let's Redefine Normal campaign that you helped us do a video with.
1: I still love that photo of you, by the way. one of the
2: cutest photos (laughs) ever. Um, And we talk a lot about like embracing our differences and loving ourselves. And we all have our list of differences, you know, that make us different. So how have you yourself embraced the things that make you different? Have you always loved and embraced yourself? Or has this been like a journey for you over your lifetime?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's still it's still a journey. Um, when I was super young, being born with an open cleft lip and palate, and having so many surgeries and so many operations and recovery and braces since I was five, and I just knew nothing but that. So it wasn't like now my face is this, and now you, you know what I mean. It's, it, I was so young, so I was just like, this is just me and my face, and isn't doesn't everyone go through whatever. But then when you're more in your teenage years, um, 1920, 21, especially because, I was actually thinking about this the other day, dance, ballet, the art form, it's um, a visual art form. So yes, dance has helped me through a lot uh, in terms of confidence and it's been my outlet. And when I, when I'm on stage, I always felt incredible. I felt like, I could be whoever I wanted to be. I could be six feet tall. I could be this character, the prince. I could feel just so beautiful. But also it's, you know, just walking into an audition, um, it's hard, but it's like, oh, I don't have the most princely face or I'm missing a tooth right now. So I have my braces on and, you know, my my nose is really flat or things, you know, those insecurities because all they are looking at, you have like 10 minutes to prove in a room and they're just looking at you physically. And they're like, this is our heart requirement. We're looking for this type of dancer, um, this ethnicity, you know, it's it's harsh. Um, But I always said for myself to make sure that they couldn't ever use an excuse like that, that they couldn't deny me because of that, because my dancing was, I was so ready to show them what I was capable of doing. Um, And it's it's been hard. I think it's even, you know, when you're in a company and there's a repertoire a repetitor, I'm sorry, or someone that's just coming in to set a ballet, and you have to do kind of an audition process, obviously, they know, and the director tells them, like, these people, these people, Mm -hmm. I walk into a room, and no one's like, Oh, who's that? You know, I'm only five, six, and whatnot. Um, But I'm always trying to be like, but wait, I can do it, like, I can work hard, and I can show you that I can do this material, and I can do these phrases, and I can do this role really well. And when I think about that, it has been um, not difficult or exhausting, but it has been like a lot for me as a, as a dancer, but that's just what you sign up for as well. And that's what has made me a stronger individual and my character stronger and, and has helped me when you see or hear things. It kind of just brought, being able to brush it off. I've had these experiences and um, I mean, dancers were looking at ourselves in the mirror 24 seven and we're, being told oh that's not right or your leg doesn't look great here and your body doesn't look great there so on top of that for me personally and being able to accept so many things it's definitely been a process but especially during this time that has made us all like being time out it's made me realize the people who i do want to surround myself with the people who love me unconditionally and the people who are going to root for me no matter what
2: the way you describe that as yeah. there's the one side of dance where you can be anyone you want to be on stage and that feeling, but then there's the other side of dance where it is a hard business and world to be a part of. That's so many critiques and uh, you know being the perfect you know dancer, the perfect role for this character that you're playing. I it's such a balance of two different worlds. Where it's so accepting and loving when you're doing what you love, but then can be so, you know, harsh. Like you said, you're staring at a mirror all the time and in this world that's just so picture perfect from the audience's viewpoint.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I really do love what being part of a, a company consists of because we all do bring something so different to the table. And that's what I try to tell my students and try to tell and remind myself that I may not bring these aspects to the company and can't play these characters, but what I do have to offer and the other characters that I do get to play and I'm strong at, like crush those characters. Like I would do really good. I Like I that's what I'll help bring company, make this company better because I bring these characters to life and these are my strengths. And yes, I'll work on these weaknesses that I have, but um, together that's what makes a company, a ballet company so strong and brings all these characters to life and a story to life. So, when it is hard when you're younger to, to learn that and to recognize that, um, especially again, as a shorter dancer, I'm always gonna be the jester and doing the tricks and moving fast and the tricks and the turns and the jumps. But I also love that and I actually had and I do get to do um, roles that are partnering, and I get to have partners who are shorter. And I had a director say, it was so crazy. He was like, you, just, you know, Jim, you may not be able to do like the craziest throws and lifts, but they can't do the solo like you. Like, or like, those guys can't do solo like you. And it all, it, it really put things into perspective. Um, not trying to say that, you know, those tall, big guys couldn't do us great solo either, but he was just trying to basically say, and reiterate, like everyone in this company has their strong suits and just remember that because you yeah, can see I was like defeated.
2: <laughs> I think that's so beautiful. Colleen and I just in our business, we're so opposite sometimes where we're like, I can't do what she does and brings to the table and she can't do some of the things that I can do. Like you have to have community and build off of each other and just like know your own strengths and be okay where sometimes you might be cast in a role or something that you maybe don't want in that moment but when you work as a team and I just think that's beautiful be aware of your own strengths and then bring those to the table I think that's awesome.
1: This is kind of on topic and kind of not but I'm just thinking about all the younger kids like teenagers high school aged kids who don't play any sports and aren't involved in anything and and oftentimes just feel like on the outside of things and I just finished watching um the queen's gambit on Netflix because I always have to be watching something and she it's about chess and her her losing her mother at an early age. I don't want to do spoiler alert or anything, but her journey of becoming like the world's best chess player and the dedication that she had, it was so empowering. And it was in the sixties to see her go to school, to go to school and learn and then thrive in the place that, that she loved with these other people that loved chess. And I just, I just so badly want for people. And I mean, adults too, but find your thing and then spend as much time as you physically can doing that thing. Because I just think the world would be a happier place if everybody followed their hearts.
0: I agree. Yeah. I call it, um, I tell dancers like find their niche, um, like younger dancers and then just kind of go with and just like drive it and don't let anyone stop you. And Yeah, find your niche.
2: (laughs) Uh, Now we need to get your boyfriend to go follow his passion of singing (laughs) because it's not too late, right? It's not, right. (laughs) Absolutely not. Would you say to maybe someone listening who has a child or a child that you're teaching, well, you wouldn't be teaching them in this context, but who, you know, they want to, but they're too scared to. They're too scared to be the boy who dances at school or they're too nervous as an adult to go after it and go to that hip hop class with a bunch of other adults because they don't want to, you know, be embarrassed. I'm not a good dancer or something. Dancing is such, I feel like there's like the fear of public speaking. And I feel like a fear of public dancing is probably pretty close after that, unless you really love to dance, but you feel so good. And I always say to my students, like, who's danced before when they um, first come to class? and like a couple raise their hands. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Have any of you danced in your bedroom before? Or like in the car or something and they all raise their <laughs> hand. And I'm like, see, everyone dances. It's just where you dance and how you do it. So how do we get some of these kiddos or adults to just go for it, just try?
0: I think that it was the, also with the generation of and what social media kind of has done and for the positive and maybe there's a lot of pressure. Um, So I I ask kids, would you still do something if you didn't feel like you were being judged by um, the outside or your peers, or would you still do something if your group of peers for sure supported you? And, you know, a lot of them say, of course, but they won't because they are feeling judged or they think that their peers are gonna laugh or, um what society is saying is right or wrong, they see out there. And so they're like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. So I'm always like, if you take away all that noise, mm-hmm. would you still go after X, Y, and Z? And or would that and if they still say no, well then to me, yeah, then it may be okay, then that's okay. And then maybe you're not as passionate. And that's that again what you want to do um, and go for. But if it is yes, then You have to find that courage (laughs) to go after it. And the ones who are your friends and, again, love you unconditionally will be there on the sidelines supporting you.
2: Yeah, 1,000%. You um, made a beautiful statement in an Instagram post recently that said we should never dehumanize someone based on their identity or who they are attracted to or love. And we couldn't agree more. You are a member of the LGBTQ community and you and your partner are um, the cutest ever on oh. the Instagram. <laughs> um, but what did coming out mean to you in your life?
0: Wow, so much. I had seen how it has, at that age, had affected others who weren't almost brave enough to come out. And that relationship with themselves and others and how i felt really sad for them um almost and i didn't want to be resentful and and be have that for myself i actually quick story after i came out my friend um came out about a month later and was like you inspire me to tell my parents and come out um so that was really great but yeah i think i saw what my life could be, if that makes sense, versus how I wanted it to look. And I just chose and I, I built up that courage to, you know, say it out loud and be true to myself and to live an honest, fulfilling, happy life for, for me personally. And knew that, again, the people who, at the end of the day, were going to be in my life and for, there for me and love me, we're going to be there. And the ones who weren't accepting of it may be hard at that time, but, um, life's short and you don't need that, that energy.
2: Seriously.
1: I wish everybody um, could do so, what you just said. Everybody uh, in the whole wide world.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That courage, yeah. just what you said, you ask your students If there weren't other people judging you, would you dance? Would you come out? Would you just be proud of who you are? All of these things in our life that judgment can get in the way of. And we just need to see each other as humans and love each other for exactly who we are. We're supposed to all be different and special in our own way. And when we can get to that place, all of our lives would be so much happier, so much more beautiful and accepting.
1: I have to say this too. I think something you didn't have social media growing up like the kids do today. And there are a lot of things that are hard about social media for young kids, but I feel like you have this courage that I wish everybody had, but what you are doing is like sprinkling that courage into the world with your, your words and your posts. And that is, it is so in our opinion, CB and I's opinion, if you're using what you have to help other people and just shining light on it, like you are doing everything that you can to help other people be happy. And that is the most beautiful thing that anybody can do. So we just want to thank you for that because surely you are giving others courage to follow their dreams and be who they are and look great doing it, by the way. I mean, you, I didn't, so my husband is, he, he says that he's a little over five, six. I say he's five, seven. I'm five, five. So I just, you know, but, um, I thought you were like six, two, like oh. you're so long and lean. And I mean, no one can see me, but
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: Like oh. that, that <laughs> yeah. blows my mind and, and just makes me love you even more because I, I, I didn't know that that was, you know, an, a disadvantage, oh. but I guess it makes sense for the lifting, but it also makes sense yeah. of why you stand out so beautifully.
0: Oh, thanks, it's, That's such a compliment because I'm, whenever I'm rehearsing, dancing, I always learn the material. And then I always go back and I look at all the angles of myself in the mirror and try to always make myself look the longest. So it's really nice that you say I I don't look as short as I am, Um, because that's what I'm always constantly trying to do to the aesthetically, to the eye from the audience. And so, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) it's it's the grace that I mean, that the audience appreciates, obviously, Oh, so much. In the I presence, I use. think
2: your whole presence, what you bring to, you know, your posts, to the stage, to just what you're putting out in the world. You are just putting out just love, acceptance, and like courage to just be who you are and live that happy life that we all can aspire to live. So we totally mm-hmm. want to acknowledge you for that. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yes, of course. And where can everyone follow along and gawk and get in the Instagram hole of your photos and videos?
0: <laughs> yeah, just um, my handle is at Jim Nowakowski. We'll
1: tell you. And we'll everything.
2: Yeah. yeah, we'll do And oh. if people are so lucky to ever get in a theater again,
0: no. you are
2: at Ballet Met in yes. Columbus, Ohio. In
0: Columbus, Ohio. Yes.
1: Not that far from me in Indianapolis.
2: Yes. No. We, when this is all done, we are coming to see you perform. I,
1: I love Dublin. Yes. So I went to college oh, in Ohio. Yes. So um, okay. I have friends from the Columbus area and Easton Mall is fantastic.
0: So great. I love it. It's a great was, mall. We just went back to Columbus for a week because we wanted to experience fall weather and we were at Easton.
1: <laughs> see? Yeah. It's yeah. not that, Dublin, Ohio, Dave, like Wendy's,
2: that's where he hails from. Okay. Just,
1: just a little gotcha. tidbit for everybody out there who <laughs> needed a tidbit for trivia yeah. later or something, but. I'll
2: take a French fry dipped in a Frosty any day. Any Thank day. You, Dave, from Wendy's. Oh
1: man. Like,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jim. You are no doubt inspiring all of those young kids and adults to just go Live their dreams, live their passions, and persevere through everything, and including your boyfriend. We want to hear him sing soon on yes. Instagram. You can tell him that right away. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: and then he can come on the podcast and tell everybody all about it.
2: Yeah, yes. his whole journey. Um, <laughs> okay. You guys, if you enjoyed this episode, which we know you did, make sure to go follow Jim, and we will tag his handle in all of our posts and in the show notes and. Follow along on the inspirational messages that he's posting out into the world and make sure to share, screenshot, tag us, all the good stuff to give Jim all the applause when he's not getting the applause from stage right now. (laughs) He's going to get it from (laughs) our virtual (laughs) world. Thank you, Jim.
1: Thank you so much, Jim. you guys so
0: much for having me.